time, Detroit. It's time, Detroit. It's time. It's playoff time, Detroit. Let's go to work. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Buffs on Podcast. We really hope you guys enjoyed our part one of our season preview where we went over the schedule and some key games that we thought everyone would enjoy. So if you haven't heard that, head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or uh, Google Podcasts and give it a listen. So this will be part two of that. And today, guys, we're going to be going over the players on the current roster and how we feel their season will be. Uh, so, uh, Connie Valley, say hello to everyone and uh, whatever else you want to add. Uh, what's going on? Uh, getting ready to go over what's hopefully going to be a fun packed and uh, ultimately successful season. You know? Yeah, agreed. Valley, anything? Just just glad to be here, man. Glad to be here talking Pistons, talking basketball. Just glad That's to be here. That's for sure. And we really appreciate all the support you guys have been giving us. So thank you again. Uh, so without any further delay, we're going to hop right into this. We got a ton of players to jump into because the Pistons decided to have more than 15 players and somebody's going to have to be cut. So we're going to, just like we did in our season review, we are going to go back and forth between Connie and Valley with uh, some of the guys on the current roster. And uh, we're going to give us our, uh, give everyone our thoughts. So Connie, just like on the last time, we're going to start with you again. Uh Let's start off with a banger, all right? We're going to start off with someone who I know everyone's really looking forward to watching this year, and that is the man that the Pistons signed for two years, $6 million. Let's talk about Kevin Knox. Knicks legend Kevin Knox. Um, (laughs) Not expecting a whole lot out of Kevin Knox this year. He's been in the NBA now one, two, three, four, four years. This will be his fifth year. Um He's only ever eclipsed double-digit points. Uh, that was his rookie season where, you know, they were just feeding him minutes and shots. Yeah. Um, what we're expecting from Kevin Knox is not uh, top 10 lottery pick production. Um, I don't think he's going to play more than 15 minutes a game. Uh, what he can do at at least hope, hopefully a passable level is shoot the basketball and shoot the basketball from three, even though – that even has been um, downward and <laughs> uh, hasn't been his strongest. There is not a whole lot of strong suits to Kevin Knox's game other than his, his physical profile, which is a long, lanky, tall athlete. Um, I don't have much to say about Kevin Knox. I don't think he's going to be in the rotation. And if he is in the rotation, it'll be because of like an injury dropout or whatever else could happen. Or the season's going the wrong way, yeah. <laughs> It'll be a breaking case of emergency type player, um, unless Casey can pull a miracle out of its uh, backside. Yeah. yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Casey is known for um, for trying to pull the best out of some guys. 
Uh, Valley, what do you got on Kevin Knox? Yeah, he started 57 games his rookie season. Since then, his last three years, he has started four games. Um, and the production scene is just like falling off a cliff. 12.8 a game to 6.4, 3 3.9, 3.6, 2.7. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's worth a swing. He'll take a spot up on the end of the bench. Uh, hopefully he can come and shoot some threes. Um, I don't know. I don't know that, that much about Kevin Knox, to be honest. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, we'll see him a little bit, I guess. But, um, man, I think he just needs to have a year where he can maybe prove something for the sake of his NBA career to keep that afloat. So um, maybe he can dwindle, kindle something here, but um, we'll see. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the uh, the culture that the Pistons have been creating in a previous podcast, and I think this would be a big test of it, like a Josh Jackson type thing. Yeah, that's similar. Yeah. A, a younger athlete that has kind of fizzled out and maybe making something of him. Yeah. Making him serviceable. Yeah, so hopefully uh, he becomes a worthwhile player. I mean, Troy Weaver has taken some chances on some guys throughout his tenure here. Uh, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, he turned them into Marvin Bagley. So who knows? Maybe this tr- this signing seems like a, uh, a head scratcher right now, but it could turn into something else later. And a uh, team option on the second year. That's, yeah. yeah, that's worth noting. That's yeah. Yeah. So sure. it's a $3 million deal. So it's, yeah, it's, it's. If he overperforms it, we keep him. If he underperforms it, one year, $3 million. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No risk, no risk kind of thing. Yeah. High risk, low reward. Uh, I mean, low risk, okay. high reward. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, actually, with Kevin Knox, it may be the other way around. But we will start. We will start this podcast with uh, a segment I'm going to call the Knicks segment because for some reason the Pistons have a ton of Knicks players on this team, um, and someone who's still on this team and has not been announced as a buyout yet. Valley, talk to us about Kemba Walker. Yeah, Kemba is a weird one, right? I feel like everyone almost assumed he was bought out, and I think he's still going to get bought out. I don't see where he where he plays on this team. Um, even if he's like opening day technically on the roster and not there, I don't, I don't just, I don't see that happening. Um, so it's tough for me to get a goal for him, but his career seems to be like dwindling down right now. And two, three, okay, maybe not two, three years ago, but a couple of years ago, a few years ago, this guy was an all-star in Charlotte, one of the better point guards in the league. And it's just crazy to see. So I think a good goal for him is just establishing himself in a rotation and still as a good NBA player. Cause uh, I hope, I hope he can get, something going it'll be interesting to see where he is i honestly have no idea where he's going to be so uh we'll see with kemba yeah connie anything to add uh not super hopeful for kemba you know smaller <laughs> point guard his, his knee seems to be um yeah not <laughs> not not holding up uh so it's that first step is diminished the jump shot you know it's all he had a good career but i i think it's coming to a coming to a close yeah, he he was great in his prime, but we'll see what he does for if not the Pistons, we'll see if another team is interested. I think Charlotte was interested yeah, in, in him. Yeah. I would so, I would put like ten bucks down on him going to the Lakers. Yeah, seems, I wouldn't. Seems definitely. like a spot that he'd <laughs> go to. You know what? Troy Weaver may just swing at THT in a twenty twenty seven first because apparently that's all Bleacher Report thinks the Lakers can give the Pistons for anything. Um, but continuing with the next trend, uh, Connie. Let us know what you got for Alec Burks. Alec Burks is a guy I, I um, expect to see some significant minutes on this team, um, mainly because he provides tremendous value as a spacer. Uh, we have a lot of downhill guys, uh, Ivy, uh, 
you know, guys that will work best in space, just as all, all basketball works best in space. And space is something that we were really lacking last year. So Alec Burks was, um, he's, uh, he's going to be important for this team. Uh, and if he continues to shoot over 40% from three, um, continues to just kind of get buckets and from all, actually all three levels, you know, he can hit middies. He can get to the rim at sometimes. Um, he's even not even a terrible passer. He had three assists a game last year, um, though he was kind of higher usage on that Knicks team. Um, I don't know if he's going to be doing that for us, but I think he provides an extremely, extremely valuable skill for the Pistons, and that is shooting and spacing the floor for the rest of the guys. Yeah, Valley, what do you think about Alec Burks? Right on. What we need is shooting, and he does just that. Um, been around a good, good amount of time. Um, decent NBA career. He's had a career ten point six points per game, pretty good. Career thirty eight percent three point shooter. Just tools you need in the NBA. Good veteran guy. Um, should have a really nice role. Be interesting to see if he starts or not. Um, but either way, should be a good mentor, a good guy to have around. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm excited for a shooting that he's going to bring. It's going to be really a, a nice refresher to have a, a consistent, good shooter. Yeah, and, you know, I'll foreshadow who we're going to talk about next. When we got Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel, I was really excited. Um, you know, not a lot of guys that, you know, can come to Detroit during this period where we want to play the new guys and make me think, all right, I kind of like this move. But that was a really good move in my eyes. I like the spacing that Briggs is going to provide. I like the rim protection and vertical threat that Nerland's Noel is going to bring to this team. So, uh, Valley, talk to us a little bit what you see happening for Nerland's Noel this upcoming season. Yeah, I look for him to – it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if he starts. Um, but what I know he's going to bring is defense. He's an exceptional shot blocker um career one and a half blocks per game uh very good good on the defensive end in general um but I look for him to be a nice mentor for Duran and Stu um I hope he really like embraces uh being a bit of a mentor because I think uh Duran plays or Duran and Stu are both pretty similar in terms of rim protection that um that mentoring could be good but other than that I just look for him to bring again a solid bit of stability like Alec Burks from New York uh good veteran presence that's all we're going to ask for him and i think that's what he's going to give us honey what do you see happening with nerland's noel uh i like him on the defensive end uh he he's i like the offense, idea yeah. of him because of his athleticism and size as a roller but the man has ping pong paddles for hands <laughs> uh he cannot catch things um you know and that's that's an issue and i think we have better or options i would prefer to see play um at center um i think he's definitely going to get minutes because he is a he is a good defender like he like there's no two ways around it he's a good defensive center um and if we have enough offensive pieces around him it 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 could work out but um i I would be worried if we see him in those two big lineups because i don't think he provides enough on the offensive end or even as a threat from the lob and stuff like that yeah to, to uh to, to justify playing him with two bigs, but I definitely think there are rotations where um, where Noel could be used. And especially, like, people always go down, you know? Like, we're not going to have a fully healthy team for a full season, and I think Noel's a, a, a really good safety blanket, a guy that could fill in minutes, fill in games for us, and, uh, you know, play a role. Yeah, yeah I, I really like him. 
Yeah, I just wanted to say really quick about his scoring. It's going to be interesting to see where he fits because he's just not good at scoring. Obviously, he's not a very good shooter. And in uh, three of his last five seasons, has not gotten more than five points a game. Um, I know he comes off the bench sometimes, and playing the five for Tom Thibodeau isn't the greatest. Uh, you're not going to be a good scorer there. But, yeah, it'll be interesting where, where he fits, how many minutes he gets, and how we use him, uh, especially in that double lineup, double big lineup if we do that. Yeah, and he's another one of those guys whose contract is up at the end of the season. That's so good. there's a possibility he, that he will not be here after the trade deadline. Exactly. Uh, so now that we've uh, gone through every single former Knicks player on this roster, let's move on to a guy that you just talked about, Connie. Let's talk a little bit about the guy I actually want. I actually wanted Noel over this guy in free agency, but let's talk about Ken- Kelly Olynyk. Kelly O. Um... Kelly O is a player that I I honestly really like. Uh, I like the way he plays. I like his game. I like his ball handling at a bigger size. I like his jumper. I think it's extremely smooth. Um, I like Kelly O. You know, he, sometimes he doesn't make the best choices. Sometimes he gets scored on. At, he, he provides nothing in the way of rim protection, but he provides a lot in the way of versatility from a big man spot, whether that is the four or the five. Um, I said I didn't want to see Noel play in those uh, those two big lineups. Kelly is someone that we definitely could play in two big lineups um, and have that still have that option for creation and shooting up there while getting a little bit more size. Uh, I'd love to see him, you know, with this. I think we could play him with the stew lineups. We didn't see a lot of that last year. I think mainly mm-hmm. as a result of us not having other centers on the roster. And if one of those guys, if they were both on the court at the same time, we'd see like, Garza minutes at backup. And that no, nobody wants to see Garza <laughs> minutes at backup. No disrespect to Garza, great college player. Um, but uh, yeah, um, so I think with our uh, our birth our birth of centers now. Uh, we could see him play more with another big on the court, and I think his skill set really complements that. Um, yeah, that's my, those are my thoughts. Valley, how do, uh, Valley, how do you see Kelly Olynyk fitting into this team next season? I thought that was a pretty perfect uh, description. Um, yeah. Good, solid big man, career 36%, three-point shooters, just valuable assets. And I think we're going to – I don't think we're going to see him as the lone five at, like, any point this season um, that we do have more bigs just because he's such a defensive uh, liability that most of the time, I think we're just going to see him with another guy, uh, another big man out there. Yeah, that's quite possible for sure. And if we have him and Burks, Livers and Bay and Cade all out there, I think that'll be a really good, uh, interesting thing to see because they can all shoot a little bit and Cade will have plenty of kickout options uh, in that scenario. Uh, So Valley, we're going to, Go back to you now. Tell us a little bit about another guy who was a shooter for the Pistons last year. Talk to us about Rodney Magruder. Yeah, Magruder, I'm looking for kind of like a pretty similar season for him. Um, I think a goal for him personally would be maybe sneak in a few minutes a game, but I don't really see that happening. But if he can shoot again almost 40% from three and be a solid veteran, like he never once complained, never once anything bad, even though we shipped him to Denver, he practiced there, he came back and that trade was vetoed. He never complained. He's just a good veteran. So if he can just be there, be ready, and be ready when he's called upon and just shoot the three, and that's all we can really ask for for Rodney Magruder, I think. That's true. Connie, anything to add? Um, no. Uh, yeah. Be a good bench guy. 
uh, player coach type, you know, bridge the gap between the team and the coach and the front office because he has those connections. Um, yeah, be Rodney McGruder, man, you know? Yeah. and Don't do too much. Yeah, and if we want to talk about another guy that it's good to be, especially if you uh, are on the same team as Dwayne Casey, Connie, talk to us a little bit about Kojo. Or Joseph. Uh, for last year, he was the definition of a serviceable point guard. He hit over 40% from three at a low volume, uh, eight points a game, couple assists, couple rebounds, pounds of the ball, air out of the ball. But um, <laughs> the man can play basketball, like, flat out, you know. Uh, he's not a star, not a starter, um, but he's, he's a good basketball player, and he's a smart basketball player. I uh, came out of that first system. I'm not expecting a whole lot of coach. I'm expecting actually a cut in minutes as compared to last year um, because we have a little bit more uh, guard rotation this year and we might want to put a little bit more minutes into into the young guys or into now the burgeoning, uh, what is now the core of our team. Um, so what I'm expecting is veteran leadership. Flat, flat out. That's, that's, yeah. that's all I need from us. Valley, where do you see Kojo's minutes coming from this season? Do you see him as the third string guy? Is he barely going to play at all? What do you see? Uh, yeah, a third string role I think is possible. Uh, I think he'll mold into that eventually, but I think to start the season he'll probably be in the rotation just to provide some stability early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, NBA champ Corey Joseph. Uh, got a similar theme here until we get the big guys. You know, like this, These guys are all just like good, solid veterans, you know? Good guys to have around, especially around the young guys. One more quick thing on Kojo. Um, since we have, like, a lot of our ball handlers right now are young, I think yeah. that we have the possibility to kind of fall apart sometimes and, like, kind of play they, outside yeah. their games. And I think Kojo can come in and be a settling force. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah agreed completely. Uh, it'll be nice to have a sure-handed guy out there who can slow things down when needed. Uh, let's talk about one of those very young point guards, Valley. Uh, maybe he'll be on the team. Maybe he won't be. Give us your thoughts on this upcoming season for Saban Lee. I feel like the only time I talk about Saban, I've been hating on him. And I <laughs> this is literally this is my notes right here next to Saban Lee. My realistic goal for him is to be on an NBA roster by the end of the season. Um, hopefully, he can just knock down a few threes. Like seems like he might need to develop that a little bit and maybe some strength. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really have much on Lee, um, especially with the addition of Ivy. I don't, I don't see where his minutes come from at all. I don't know where his spot is, honestly. Like you said, we're well over fifteen people right now. Yeah, Lee might just be the odd man out. He might be. He might be. Um, you know, and I know we probably don't have a lot on these guys, so let's just run through them real quick. Uh, some guys we may not have a lot on. If you guys want to shoot, shoot on Braxton Key and Buddy Boheim. Yeah, I had, I had both of those guys. Um, yeah. Key, key, I'm a lot more high on than, than Buddy Beheim. Um, I think the goal for him is to break a con- uh, break a rotation somewhat consistently. Uh, very good defender. I think that was pretty easy to see. But the problem with him, he's just never been a good three-point shooter. Uh, his four years in college, he shot at 27%. And then his small sample size in the NBA, uh, 28%. Um, get that to a respectable amount to a point where, like, people got to guard you. Um Good goal for him because we know he can bring in the defensive end and he's pretty athletic. He can dunk. Um, but yeah, make a few threes. And I think Braxton Key could see himself in the rotation. I don't know if you guys have anything on Braxton Key. Um, I like 
yeah, again, Buddy Bohem's not – I don't expect him to – He'll be a G leaguer, I think, yeah. yeah. Mm. But Braxton Key, um, another guy that, like, when injuries happen, um, he's good to fill in. Uh, he doesn't do much on the offensive end, but uh, defensively, big, switchable. Um, yeah, um, yeah. He'll be, I think he'll play some serviceable minutes when we need him. And I don't think we'll need him with a fully healthy roster, but when we need him, I think he'll be able to come in. And, and yeah, right on. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested to see how his second year in the league goes after uh, that brief stint he had with us last year. And, you know, like you said, 27 in college, 28% in the NBA. So he may not be a lot of things, but apparently he's consistent. Uh, <laughs> so, so we'll move back to Connie. Um Let's move into some guys that the fans are really going to be excited to watch this upcoming season. Uh, Let's start with Isaiah Livers, Michigan man Isaiah Livers. Connie, what do you see for Livers this upcoming season? Uh, You know that I love Isaiah Livers. I love Isaiah Livers more than I should love Isaiah Livers um, based on what his actual NBA production has been. Uh, What I see from Livers and what I want to see from Livers is minutes. I Pray. I hope and pray that Casey saw like I think he's proven himself a little bit. He's got like a level of heart and a level of effort that I think will force him into the rotation. And when he's in that rotation, I want to see two things from him. First of all, I don't want to see him shrink. And I mean that literally. He's like six eight, two thirty. And if you're six eight, two thirty out there at a wing spot, I'm happy. Second, I want him to keep shooting that ball got a great three-pointer great stroke um that's not i know it was a small sample size in the nba but it was not a small sample size it's four years in college uh dude's got a knack for big for moments dude's got a knack for the three ball and he really comes with a lot of energy on the defensive end Uh, i think he can do a little bit more on offense more than just shoot the three but that's really all we need from him um what i want to see from him is just a a full season of playing significant NBA minutes. That's what I want to see from uh, from Isaiah Livers. That's fair. Valley, what do you see for uh, Isaiah Livers this upcoming year? Yeah, uh, his goal, I think, would be to – it's hard to say be a starter for him. Uh, I think that might just be a little bit too ambitious, although I wouldn't rule that out. Um, but I think he'll be the first or second guy off the bench um, just because the energy he brings. And I'm looking for him to just – um, I don't think, yeah, I like like you said, I think he's just probably going to stick to being a shooter. I don't think he's going to look to expand his game that much like we did with Sadiq. Um, and that's fine with me. Um, just looking for him to shoot that ball again well in a, a larger sample size this time. Yeah, and I'm excited to watch him this year. I'm excited to see, you know, now that he's not been fighting an injury, he had a healthy offseason, uh, a good summer league for the most part. Um, I'm excited to see what he can bring to this year uh this year uh connie we'll go back to you because you've got a bunch of guys left that we got to talk about um another guy that is a, a ball of energy uh talk to us about hamadou diallo hamadou uh, diallo uh the main goal that i had set for him was to remain energetic off the bench uh when the roster's more or more or less healthy uh Hami's gonna be playing around 15 20 minutes a game uh we saw some Beef, not beef, some discontent with him last year, uh, earlier in the season, maybe due to his minutes and his role on the team. But when he was actually able to play, 
when he got out there, he came with a lot of energy, and he flies up and down the court. He gets a lot of steals. He is a disruptive player, um, but I want to see that disruption in a smaller sample size. We just talked about wanting a bigger sample size. Um, um, but, yeah, I want to I want to see the same stuff, but less of it, if that uh, – That does make sense. I, it does make sense. Um, I know I just said first or second guy off the bench for uh, for Livers, and I think that's a goal for Killian as well. So maybe a third guy off the bench. Um, another wing. I think we've got a pretty decent uh, pool of wings here. I guess Hami's kind of like a 3-2 or a 2-3, but um, he's a guy that we like. I think we've talked on it before. He's going to play spot minutes here and there at times just for that energy he brings. Um, I think he'll put up, um, I don't know, I would guess like 16, 17, 18 minutes a game would be good for him. I, I'm not expecting his three-point shot to be around like 35% or anything. I'm, I'm not relying on that at all. What I'm relying on him is for his defense, athleticism, and energy. Yeah, that was good. We've gone through, I mean, I like Hamadou Diallo a lot. Um, I'm really hoping that he does develop some sort of a three-point shot. Um, I think it'll be he'll become really explosive, even more explosive uh, if that does happen, because if a guy tries to close out on him, he's just going to blow by him and get straight to the rim like he does most of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gone through about 12 guys on this roster. What do you got? Uh, looking forward, not not to disrespect anybody. I'm looking forward to getting <laughs> to the guys. Um, these guys we all talked about, some of them have big roles, but it's it's no secret the next guys we'll be talking about are probably a, little bit more exciting at least for the fans that'll be listening that'll be for sure but we've gone through about 12 guys on this roster we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back connie you're gonna tell us a little bit about isaiah stewart all right connie you good welcome back everyone uh we're gonna continue our uh preview for the 2022-2023 piston season players edition with connie telling us about isaiah stewart uh, Stew, Beef Stew, flashed some real shooting chops in the Summer League. Uh, but those were wide open threes on some pretty poor competition. Uh, we saw a little bit more jump shooting from him, uh, down the stretch of last season. Um, and that's what I'm looking for this season. I set a goal for him, uh, we know, uh, of one to two three-pointers a game. That's what I'm looking for for Stu. We know he can defend. We know he can defend the rim. We know he can switch out on the guards. Um, defensively, uh, other than cleaning up some stupid fouls, which I think he can do, and I think will come with uh, an, a better overall competency from our defense, what I'm looking for him to do is hit those one or two a game at like a mid-30s clip. Because if he starts shooting a respectable level from three – that allows the two big man lineup that we've been talking about a little bit out here because it allows him to play with play finishers like, uh, for instance, Jalen Duran, um, Marvin Bagley, and maybe Nerlens Noel as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Valley, what do you see? Are you are you buying into the three point shot or not too much? Oh, absolutely, I am. But I think um, what Connie said is a good. I think it's a good reasonable goal for him because um, he only attempted 0.63s a game last year, 0.9 his rookie year. So very small sample size, um, 33% for, his, for, a, for that small sample size. Um, but, yeah, if he can get up, like, 
I don't know, 1.5, 1.6, maybe up to like all the way up to like two threes a game. It'd be really nice. Um, a guy you have to guard. He looked good in the summer league. Looked like you had to guard him. Um, it's just interesting to see how far he'll go with that shooting, how much he'll he'll buy into that and and dive into that. Um, but I, I think the power forward role for him, all of it stems on him being able to make three pointers. Because I think defensively, no problem. Um, that's how the ball, no problem. It's, it's it comes down to that three pointer. And yeah, like I said, I'm buying into it, and I think it's a good reasonable goal. Yeah, and I'm buying into it too. Um, you know, not only did he hit a lot of those threes, like Honey said, it wasn't against tremendous competition. Most of them were open shots, but you know, hitting open shots is a good start. Because as we mentioned last podcast, we've had some guys on this team who can't even hit open shots. So Stu hitting open shots in summer league to me is a good sign. And not only did was he hitting those, he's also probably been working on it since summer league. So you know, there's a possibility that it could be real. So we will have to find out. Um... But I got one more thing on Stu. Um, yeah. So there is, like Bally mentioned, there's a little more talk about him playing at the four rather than the mm-hmm. five, which might suit him a little bit better from a size perspective. But I'm wondering how it fits to his game. Like, so, there we expect less and less expected of centers from a ball handling, playmaking, and sort of more than just hitting layups, hitting passed up three pointers. Power forwards, forwards are expected to do a little more. And I'm curious to see what Stu can actually do in that role. Like most of his, all of his points were like pick and roll, dump off sort of things, um, which are less available to power forwards. Um, We saw it in just the most small flashes, like that one crossover on Embiid. Embiid, yeah. (laughs) For the hammer. Um, there's very limited stuff of him actually showing uh, ball skills, which I would be interested to see because I think it becomes more important as you move up positions rather than just being a center on the court. I think that's a I think that's a really really good point. There might be some skills a skill set that we haven't seen from Isaiah Stewart that we might start seeing this year. Um, but at the same time, I think it's possible we see some growing pains, um, especially if we play him next to Nerlens Noel a guy who can't shoot, but like I could see him fitting like next to Kelly, I think would be really, really nice. Maybe Marvin Bagley, but that fit next to Noel would be interesting. But <laughs> yeah. Huh? That might be ugly. Yeah, that would that could be really ugly. So I don't I don't see us going to that, but offensive uh don't dog on it yet. That may be your opening night front court. So possibly it's very possible. Uh yeah, but I think there was one possession in summer league where he was trying to do a DHO and it just didn't work out. And he did have to dribble the ball for an extended period of time. And it wasn't awful, um, but I think he needs to be more prepared to do that and not just, okay, I got the ball, I gave the ball, now what? You know, he, did, he he's going to have to yeah. become more used to his new role. And I think uh, with, with repetition. Because yeah. he just hasn't done that in the NBA. And if you haven't yep. done something, you're not going to be tremendously good at it. Even if you practice it, it's 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 about reps, about real yeah, reps. Yeah, exactly. Repetition is, is going to be the key for him at the four. Yeah, and he, he doesn't have lightning foot speed, but I feel like he could beat most centers yeah. with his foot speed. Definitely. But now that he's at the four, it's it's going to be a little different. Um, So it'll it's definitely going to be an interesting um project, and I'm excited to see it. But let's talk about that potential front court pairing. Uh, Connie, um, talk to us a little bit about Marvin Bagley, now that you guys brought it up. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we want Stu to shoot more threes. I want Bagley to shoot no threes, <laughs> <laughs> less threes. 
Um, he flat out not a great shooter, um, but a great play finisher. I've talked about this before. His like his ability to finish a play on like zero dribbles, like a guy that the ball swings, the ball moves, whatever happens with the ball, it ends up in Bagley, and Bagley like I don't know crushes a hammer down, drops a little <laughs> floater, and he's got great floater touch around the rim. Um, he's got good touch with that left that messes a lot of big men's up. He is a guy that has the foot speed to beat centers um, and some fours. Um, what I want to see from him is just continue doing what we saw in that stint um, at the end of the season with us. Um, uh, that like, I don't know, whatever, whenever he comes out, just rebound hard, uh, score interior buckets, um, but in a way which doesn't, clog i don't like post-ups uh those mid-range face-ups we could weed those out um because i think we have better creators on this team but um as a play finisher i think he's really strong and that's what i want to see from him as well as um defensively i couldn't really make heads or tails of if he was a positive or i think he he was just a neutral at least that was from my perspective kind of a neutral on defense um, I think with his athleticism, he like he could be a slight positive. I don't think he's gonna he's not gonna be an all defense guy, but I don't see why he couldn't be a slight positive at least as like a, a rim protector sort of slight switch guy. Um, he doesn't he does not have the ability to stick with guards like Stu does, but I think he could do some of that. Yeah, Valley, what do you see from Mar- Marvin Bagley? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how we fit him in, especially like if if he's not shooting threes. If Connie doesn't want him shooting threes, like yeah, let me just ask you: if you don't, if he's not shooting threes, how are we? I know you said the middies, but like, how is he gonna find a consistent spot? Especially, I'm assuming uh, off the bench, can't uh, the dunk the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's like plenty of space for guys that don't shoot a lot or, of. Would you would you play. call him would you call him a center or a power forward? What like what would you call him? Offensively. Sort of, uh, uh, he's a tweener. Um, I went like the role that I see him playing would be next to like if Stu. I think next to Stu would be a great. Stu if he's really shooting, like shooting, yeah, yeah. Um, Stu if he's shooting Kelly, I think him next to Kelly might cause some defensive problems, but yeah. would be fruitful. Him with I don't know livers at the four, um, like a, just like a space out. I'd love to see him as the as the roller in a, in a, in a, in a four out sort of, you know, you got Cade three shooters Bagley. I think yeah, that would that'd be, be an be extremely fun. potent offensive lineup. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what he brings this year. And if he does have a little improvement to that three point shot, I know Connie doesn't want to see him shoot any, but he's going to shoot one or two and we'll see if they go in. But I, I feel that, you know, he needs to become better defensively. There's no question about it. I mean, what's it that's, athleticism he just watched his ball over his head just like i mean i feel like he's so athletic he can get up and knock him out of the air if he really wanted to so i think his defensive anticipation needs to become better um but from two guys that may be able to shoot the three to can't shoot the three valley talk to us about a guy who certainly can shoot the three in sadiq bay yeah he certainly can shoot it um and i think a goal for him this year is to have a nice, efficient year, um, uh, hopefully a, an increase in his points per game. 
if he can start sniffing around 18, 19, 20, I think that'd be really nice. That's a bit ambitious, I think. But the addition <laughs> of Ivy in the backcourt, um, some other spacers like Alec Burks, and as us getting deeper as a whole as a team, I think it's just going to help him tremendously. Um, I think as you know, we saw that some of the growing pains a little bit earlier last year, he seemed to start to figure it out towards the end there. Um, but in terms of consistency, you want to see a little bit more from him. Um, just coming in, not not having those like those absolute stinkers where he gets six points and shoots two for thirteen, and the yeah. next night he'll go for twenty seven on like I don't know ten for sixteen shooting. So just a little bit more consistent from him and um, increase that point that points production, I think. And I think that'll just come with the addition we've made to our team. Yeah, Connie, what is your goal this year for Sadiq Bay? Um, shoot the ball and play some defense. Um, we saw like that expanded role from him last year. I expect that role to shrink ever so slightly and maybe put him more into a a, a jump shooter. Uh, mismatch taker and maybe some PR reps but um, defensively is really because he has all the like measurements uh, sort of when you look at him you're like oh that's a 3 and D wing and there's no reason he shouldn't be a 3 and D wing but deep advanced defensive stats uh, I don't know how much you put into those some of them can be a little fluky mm-hmm. but if a lot of them agree, that's when you start seeing um, like some more significant uh, ideas. And a lot of them agree that Satik was a bad defender last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the eye test was a little different, but I see this team through rose-colored glasses. So yeah, uh, a little biased. But the numbers say that he was a poor wing defender. And I think there's no reason that that should be the case. Um, I'm really looking for him to actually move those up, um, play some better D, and yeah, get his three-pointer back up to those middle-high 30s, 40s. 40s is a stretch. 40s would be like... <laughs> That'd be a dream, yeah. That would be the dream. That'd be- that would be the dream. I mean, you know, we just saw pictures today of Jaden Ivey and uh, Cade and Duran and Kojo, for some reason, all at the pro runs with Kojo? Um, yeah, Kojo is there too. <laughs> I didn't see Kojo there. <laughs> yeah, with, with Curry. So, if Don Maker can be there, Kojo can be there. Don Maker was there. Don Maker was in someone playing against Giddy and Chet. Uh, <laughs> uh, I saw some clip of him getting blocked and calling some weak ass foul. <laughs> <laughs> Well, another former piston we're going to try to put in the past. But since I did bring him up already, Connie, talk to us on what you want to see out of Jaden Ivey this upcoming season. Um, it's tough to set a benchmark for a player that hasn't played an NBA minute yet. But uh, I have two, actually, that I came up with. Uh, first was to have a positive assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, he was 3.1 assists to 2.6 turnovers his sophomore year of college, which was his last year at Purdue. Um, he didn't have a huge playmaking role. Uh, Purdue had a pretty solid offensive system. A lot ran through other guys. Um, even with, like, Cade on the court, he's not going to have a huge playmaking role on this team, but I think it will be more significant than what he saw uh, on, on Purdue. Um, so keeping those turnovers down while still, like, having some production on the offensive end would be huge. Um, 
I think this is a great goal because if he has that, it makes him above average playmaker. And if you're an above average playmaker with his physical, uh, his natural talents, his physical gifts, um, that's a dangerous player. Um, second kind of goes hand in hand with this because it is about opening up the floor and that's over 30% from deep. I don't think 30% is a crazy goal. Uh, he shot 36% his last year at Purdue, but he shot 26% his sophomore year. He has a little bit of an unorthodox release. It doesn't look like the most classical three-point gunner release, but he hits some tough shots. He hits some deep shots, some NBA range shots uh, in college, and um, – I just want to see that continue. I don't expect high 30s from him. If he shoots high 30s, the league is in trouble. Um, the NBA line is deeper. The defense is better. But keeping his clip at 30 would keep defenders honest and open up that floor game and that devastating first step. That's for sure. Valley, what do you want to see this year out of Jaden Ivey? Yeah, you said, what was it, 26 from deep? 26 from rookie year. Yeah, yeah, but I think one of the things he's been praised about the most is his growth as a player, and I think that's just going to continue. I don't expect high 30s either, but I think 30 is very reasonable. I'd probably see him around the low 30s, and I wouldn't be upset about that for his rookie year. But like you said, yeah. it's kind of hard to set some benchmarks for him. But but from what I saw in the Sarmon League, I was very convinced. And the potential fit right there next to Cade, I don't, I'm not calling it impossible to run at the rookie of the year, especially if we win some games. I'm not calling it impossible. I think a goal for him is to be in that conversation. Uh, I think that'd be really nice to get, um, just to be in that convo with there with Paolo and Chet. And I think it'd be, um, I think he's going to be so good. Honestly, I'm so excited for Jaden Ivy. If I'm not mistaken, I think Kate only shot 31.4% from three last year. So yeah. does Jaden Ivy surpass 31.4? Oh, uh, uh, sure. I'll, t- I'll say yes. Why not? Yeah. Connie, what do you think? Uh, Yes, but I think that'll be a function of him taking easier shots. I think he'll have less self-created threes. Kate took a lot of. That's true. Facts and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kate under slightly underwhelming three-point shooting season. I think that'll be better for him. But I think you do have to take Kate. We'll get to that. Yeah, I think you take Kate's percentage with a little grain of salt, just because that that's that slump he had to start there. Um, oh yeah, with an awful slump, but I was just it was a good number to go off of. Yeah, um, yeah I'm yeah. excited for Ivy. I mean, I hope he does it. He starts off the season kind of how he played in the second half of the summer league opener, where mm-hmm. he doesn't fall down every time he tries to get inside the three point line, because that's not a good way to start your NBA career. But if he can learn to play with a good amount of pace, where he can stop and start and start and stop, then yeah the defenses are going to have a lot of trouble keeping up with him. And, you know, if you got Cade who's nice and methodical and thought thought out, planned out, and then he gives the ball to Jay Niven, he's gone. I mean, it's going to be a deadly combination. I think a lot of it is slowing down as much as it is speeding up. We know he yeah. has top-end speed that can match anybody in the NBA, but, like, um, being able to pick your spots with that speed. You know, if you go yeah. head on every time, they'll know what you're doing, and that's why he's mm-hmm. like falling down, tripping over himself in summer league. Yeah. But if you if you pick your spots where you use your speed and pick your spots where you use your handle and a little bit of pace, that's when it becomes really deadly. I yeah. really hope we play with a lot more pace this year, too, because that will help him out tremendously. Yeah. Um. Really quick. Um. I forget who our assistant. Who was the head coach in the summer league? Was it Was it Jordan Brink? Uh, Jordan Brink. Yeah. yeah. I think the, one of the things he was talking about to Ivy was slowing down, like, like the game, because obviously he's so quick and he wants to go that fast. I do think we saw that 
um, I do think I did think we saw him slow down the game a little bit in summer league. So I'm hoping that carries over. We might we might see the the adrenaline there on, on opening night on October 19th, and he might make a few a few rookie mistakes. But um, expected. Expected. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm ha- I'm happy if he makes mistakes because if you're not making mistakes, you're not improving. And if I want to see him throw down a massive hammer on opening night, I don't care if it's in a blowout loss or what. I just want to hear Elskia go crazy. Um, yeah. But we will talk about uh, another guard on this team that will probably be the first guy off of the bench this upcoming season. A guy that will have a make or break year this year. Valley, talk to us about a guy you and I like, guy Connie, not so much, but talk to us about Killian Hayes. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I think a lot of people want to see Killian shoot threes, get more points, and just score. And and I do want to see that. that's a part of it. But I think something that's so important for him is having a, a productive and a healthy season because he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, last year, I think it was only towards the tail end of the season, he was playing a bit consistently. Obviously, had that torn labrum. Uh, his rookie year, he's actually only played in 92 games in his NBA career. Yeah, that's it. Which is, which is kind of a crazy number, um, considering it's only 10 more than an actual season, mm-hmm. um, which is just another reason why those guys giving up on him, I think, are complete bozos. <laughs> he's talking uh, to you, company. <laughs> so if, if he can stay on the court, it'll it'll help his growth tremendously, and we'll see that over the season, as long as he's on the court. And uh, so that's a goal for him. And then one more goal for him is just to establish himself as like a known defender around the NBA. Like when teams play us, they would be like, oh, no, they've got Killian, who is a very yeah. good, uh, a very good defender. And then just, you know, first man off the bench, like you said, would be great for him. If he can become and be a solid sixth man. I'm happy with the seventh pick coming out, uh, the seventh pick becoming a sixth man for us. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. And, you know, Valley's pretty much – I'm not going to talk too much because it's just me and Valley versus Connie. But, Connie, give us your, quote-unquote, realistic view and goals for Killian Hayes this upcoming season. All right. So, we know he can pass. Uh, he's got good vision. He can defend. Uh, but, like, vision and passing ability become so much less valuable when you can't create something that makes a pass available. He shot 29% on catch and shoot threes and 12.5% on pull-ups last year. That's absurd. I didn't know the number was 12.5. can't <laughs> make a defense shift, and that shift starts with respect on the three-point line. Then you can break it down. Then you can get into the paint. And once you get into the paint, that's when that, that passing becomes well put, yeah. um, a cool skill to an incredibly valuable asset yeah when yeah when he could if he could get two feet in the paint and start making kickouts to shooters that's when he becomes a good nba player the issue is you can't get two feet in the paint consistently as a point guard if people are have no respect for your outside shot. If your defender is lagging 10 feet off of you and just waiting for you to put the ball on the floor <laughs> or pass it to the next guy, um, you can be as flashy as you want to. It, it won't be effective. But if he can shoot 30? And I, I, I thoroughly believe it. I thoroughly believe I thoroughly believe it. 28% overall. <laughs> Dude, that's a low goal to set. Twenty-five percent on pull-ups, you know. <laughs> more like if he touches the ball and he does a, I don't know, a head, uh, some sort of fake on the three-point line, the defender's not like, 
chuckling to himself. Oh, <laughs> Killian does something on the three point line. Um, that would be my goal for him because I, you call me a Killian hater. I want nothing more than to see this man succeed because I think it would be so much fun to watch because he's such a, he has such great vision and, uh, and passing ability. Yeah. And panache. Yeah. Like he's saucy. He's, he's a saucy player. And if, yeah. What you said about the two feet in the paint. Um, just like specifically this one, when he does get there, he's really good at whipping it out to the right corner. Mm-hmm. I know it's uh, okay. It was a garbage team. It was pretty much a G League team, Oklahoma City. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times he got two feet in the paint and he kicked it out right to that corner, and he got a few assists for it. But he could have easily had like honestly more assists. That was his twenty-six point game too. Wasn't yeah, it? exactly. So that just shows to it just is that important to to get yeah. that shot down so you can get in the paint. Just that proves Connie's point very well. Yeah. I'm uh I, I'm I'm you know I, I've said it before I'm definitely looking forward to uh Killian this season I I'm I'm with you guys I want nothing for the best for the guy um I I really hope he turns a corner this year because he can be something special if he's able to figure out how to shoot but I'll, I'll give you guys a, a little question here mm. who finishes the season with a higher three point percentage is it Jaden Ivy? Or is it Killian Hayes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to take the country. I'm going to go Killian because I'm a believer. And I know he's working. He's I'll bet you, work I'll bet you, we recorded on podcast. I'll bet you $5 right now. Uh-oh. We got our first bump on handshake, back. Dude, come on. It's $5. Right, hey, I believe. I believe. I believe. Okay. <laughs> All right. For those of you listening, they just shook hands over Zoom. So um, it's it's official. We got our first buffs on bet. Jaden Ivey or Killian Hayes. Let us know in the comments. Yeah, let us know. I'm interested. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested too. Maybe we could talk um, about or something. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a guy who's probably the youngest guy in the league this year, Connie. Let's talk about a guy who can throw it down and is going to bring a ton of energy and athleticism to the Pistons defense. Talk to us about Jalen Duran. Um, my main goal for Jalen during this upcoming season is just to play. Um, we've got Olenek, Stu, Bagley, Noel, all guys with NBA experience that I feel from Casey's track record will, uh, see the floor above him. Um, but he's just got to prove himself and, and play. Cause I think when he, if he does play, he has a very intriguing, not only physical skill set, but actual skill set, skill set. Um, I'm not counting. Yeah, he's he's gonna be a pick and roller. He's gonna pick and roll. He's gonna dunker spot. He's gonna transition slams. Uh, that's his offensive role. But something that we saw a little bit of in the summer league on the offensive end was one outstanding hands. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was a play where Livers drove to the baseline and it looked like he was passing out to the three point line, but um. Uh, what's it? Duran kind of just reached back, mossed it out of the air, <laughs> grabbed it, and then dunked it down with one hand. And I thought that was a beam out to the three-point line. So fantastic hands. And second, I think an underrated uh, passing eye and passing. Yeah. And I think passing ability from the big man role becomes very important when you are a roller, a pick and roller. So when you have the ball. Mm. The defense is additionally worried about you being able to make that pass out to corners or to other guys. 
as well as the obvious threat of him being basically superhuman and banging it on just about anybody, I think he'd become a very dangerous uh, a role man and play uh, and yeah, a guy that can work within actions. But all that is secondary to getting on the court, uh, playing. And he does playing minutes. Offense is whatever. I think he will establish himself and find minutes by playing defense and trying on, and put sound <laughs> fundamental effort defense because that's how you break a KC rotation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Valley, what do you see this year from Jalen Dern? I see um, he'll get some minutes here and there, probably not right away, but I think um, he'll be promising in those minutes and they'll increase. And I think towards that trade deadline, wouldn't surprise me at all if we move one of or not or if both of Kelly Olenek and uh, Nolan Snowell to free up minutes for Jalen Dern because he's obviously got a bigger role here in the future. You know, we mm-hmm. expect him. I guess the dream is for him to start the five next to Stu at the four. That's how that's the way I'm seeing it right now with this roster we currently have. In the future, I would love to see that. And that goes on to that passing point you had, Connie. If we're doing that double big lineup, definitely need that ha- to have that um that bit of a playmaking uh skill on you. That's for sure. And I mean, we saw a couple really good passes from him in summer league. We saw him hit, I think it was Braxton Key on a backdoor cut on the baseline for a yeah. dunk. Uh, he whipped it to Stu in the corner for a clutch three late in one of those games, too. So it's there. And, you know, when it was just him on the floor with no livers, no Ivy, no Stu, he was taking those turnaround jumpers and he, he looks comfortable doing it. So hopefully that's something that comes along really well. I think uh, I think that's something we're going to see in the future more. But I think a couple of years from now, I do see him um, expanding his game. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not saying I want that turnaround this year. I'm just saying I think it's something that, you know, it's something we can look forward uh, to, hopefully. Yeah. Um, let's knowing, see, who we got left? What's up? Knowing Casey, um, he likes to build skills outward. So I think he's going to try to hammer home fundamentals of yeah. big man play first. And then once he gets those, um, then you expand into the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm interested to see if he does get to play at the NBA level this year. I'm interested to see if they switch with him and how he keeps up with some perimeter defenders. I, I really want to see that. Because um, if he can do that and you got Stu at the four, that, that's two switchable bigs and they can kind of hold their own. That would be a, a huge plus for us, especially in the postseason. Um, but to finish out our player reviews, uh, 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 previews for this upcoming season, uh, let's talk about the guy that is going to be the glue of this uh, franchise. Let's talk about Valley Cade Cunningham. Yeah, what what what's been said about Cade Cunningham? Like, I don't know. The guy's just the guy's just so good. Um, brilliant rookie year. Even when he had that slow start last year, wasn't worried about it whatsoever. Um, yeah. And then we saw him obviously, you know, increase that efficiency. Um, I'm looking for him to, I've said it before many times, um, make around the all-star game. And I think what comes from that is obviously lower turnovers, but I want to see over 20 points per game, over five rebounds, over five assists. And then for him to continue to grow as a leader, I think it's just such an incredible attribute to have. Um, he really just, it's, it is going to sound kind of dumb and, and, and a bit far-fetched, but there's times where he kind of reminds me of like the way LeBron plays, the way he's so in control and so capable of doing just everything. Um, but yeah, the thing with him is his turnovers. And then he also only shot 41 from the field and 31 from deep last year. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not overly worried about that at all, really. Um, 
just because I know he's just such a hard worker and such a good guy. That's for sure. Uh, Connie, what do you have in store for your goals for Cade Cunningham? Yeah, uh, Valley touched on it. Uh, Cade ranked 211th in true shooting percentage among guards at about 50%. Um, we all saw that slow start, um, but there were some rough patches throughout the season as well. Um, I don't see this as a long-term problem. He's a rookie point guard on a bad team where the entire defense was like, you know, we're stopping this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, elite high usage point guards, uh, the Trey Youngs, the Currys are around 60%. I think a successful season would see him move his true shooting to in those mid fifties, but that's definitely not the only mark of a successful season. Uh, uh, he had a lot of uh, dumb fouls, um, Mm-hmm. turnovers some, some sloppier stuff that i think i mean again rookie point guard rookie point guard in the best league in the world number one option rookie point guard in the best <laughs> league in the world. these are these are growing pains that we should expect uh i'm expecting a good season out of them i really don't see any reason not to um i think his shooting's going to get better i think the addition of a couple guys, Alec Burks, Jaden Ivey, um, Duran, if he can see minutes, ba- a full season with Bagley, a full yeah. off season yeah. with Bagley. They mm-hmm. uh, they showed that they showed good chemistry, just through it off a trade at at the mid season. Um, I think a full off season with him, working with him, finding each other's real patterns, movements. I think all that stuff is gonna be like super fruitful for his playmaking and um, and getting other guys involved. And I think it's just upon him to uh, be able to get his own buckets, you know, hit those threes, um, put a little more arc on those threes. Some of those things that he was tossing up were pancakes. Um, like I said, I'm not worried about his jumper. His mid range is, is nasty. I'm, I'm just, just cleaning some stuff up, Clean some right. stuff up and keep, progressing on the on the road that he is on yeah and i'm excited to watch Cade this year i I was super hyped for him last year and even this year knowing that you know he's gonna he's gonna be even better than he was last year and i was really happy with what i saw from him as a rookie like you said as the number one option rookie i mean he's he's number one in pretty much everyone's eyes except for those who voted for scotty barnes and evan mobley in the rookie of the year race so it'll be interesting to see how much he progresses this year and I, hopefully that three-point average becomes uh, – or that three-point percentage creeps up because I don't want it to see see it below 32%. Otherwise, it's going to make me a little bit concerned. Um, but I have faith in Cade that he will be able to develop a three-point shot. And he'll probably have a few more kick-out opportunities this year um, with Ivy penetrating and kicking out. So maybe he'll be able to take his time more and uh, hit some more three. But that will conclude – yeah, shoot. I don't have the stats on this right now, but it was it was almost this is anecdotal. It was almost seemed as if he was better um, threes hitting threes off his own handle rather than hitting those catch and shoot spot up threes. I don't know how you guys felt about that. Yeah, now that you mention it, I can see that. What I what I like the most about him is that is that closing Genie has. He almost reminds me of Chris Paul a little bit in that aspect. Um, like towards the end of games, he'll fire just that lovely midi coming off the screen or get all the way to the rim, finish with either hand. Um, just man, I love that he just takes that responsibility to close games. He's got that gene in him. Um, he does, he's, he's got that for sure. Yeah, exactly. 
it's important to have someone like that, especially if you're building from the ground up. Yeah. You don't have to go find that guy. That guy is in-house right now. Yeah. So, um, but that will conclude all of the players on the current Pistons roster that uh, we're, we've previewed, uh, what we think to, to expect from them this year and some goals that we have set for them as well. Should, um, uh, to round this out, uh, yeah, what do you got? Sorry, I was going to say, should we do a little, a little thing for Dwayne Casey? Some kind of like expectations, yeah. like what would what do we see happening for you? Yeah, that that segues perfectly into what uh, I was going to ask you guys next. So, what are your guys' expectations, and what do you want to see from Dwayne Casey this year, Connie? I think you got something ready to go. Shoot, <laughs> I, no, I don't. Not that much. You know, uh, <laughs> I hear a lot of complaints about Casey uh, for the way that he coaches. I like the way that he coaches. Like his rotations are sometimes questionable but I love especially for a young team like this I love that he makes guys earn minutes like even though we're a bad team a quote-unquote tanking team he's still not just gonna give players just free reign to go pull whatever random nonsense they want to pull and I think that's very important for um, building a, a a legitimate team down the line um, rather than just kind of letting things happen, you know? Sure. And so I'm just continuing to see the same. I, I'm sure I'm going to be complaining about it when I see Noel minutes over Duran minutes throughout the season. But I think if we look in the long run, it, it it's all, it's all, it's all worth it. That's for sure. Valley, what do you want to see from Dwayne Casey this upcoming year? Yeah, I used to be, um, Used to be a not, a not a Dwayne Casey fan whatsoever. I used to I used to want him out. I was I was in on the first year, but that second year I was like, why why are these guys playing? Why aren't the young guys playing? But I've learned to just just sit back and relax a little bit because because you can see it starting to take place. You can see that growth starting to take place. And Connie hit on it earlier that um that fundamental growth is something he seems to uh seems to be wanting to do with with these young guys. Um. Yeah, I don't know. He won't have that much pressure on him because if we go and win 25 games, it's like, okay, we're the Pistons. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, a few more of those um, those back-to-backs, um, it'll be interesting to see. Like those double back-to-backs against the same team. Mm-hmm. Uh, judge him a little bit then based on, like, you know, the adjustments he makes from, from one game to the other. But it, it'll be hard to make to make goals for Dwayne Casey, but I'm just going to go with the flow and hope he mentors these players right. What about you? I, I like Dwayne Casey a lot. Um, like you said, I was I was kind of questionable a little bit too about um, his rotations and you know why are some of these guys playing over other guys? But you got to trust a guy who's been in this league for how long. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to turn uh, guys into um, valuable NBA players. And you know we're gonna we're trusting him uh, with this franchise, and we got to hope that. And so is Troy Weaver. And Troy Weaver. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he turned over an entire roster. He could have just as well let go of Dwayne Casey, too, and found his guy. But Easily, yeah. Yeah, but he, he stuck with Dwayne Casey, and, you know, that's a move that didn't happen. That's still a Troy Weaver move. He kept Dwayne Casey. So yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. One uh, uh, yeah, shoot. One thing I want to touch on with um with Casey, um, not going to lie, it just completely slipped my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to jump in, and it slipped my mind. Oh, sorry. It came back to me. Is uh, <laughs> I I he his um his teams always play towards the bottom of the league in terms of pace. Yeah, but I feel like that just that can't be an option this year. Um, especially with the introduction of Ivy, 
So that'll, that'll be interesting to see how fast we play, if that changes, if we're going to be in the top half of the league in terms of pace. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what Casey does with that. Yeah, that's for sure. But uh, like I said, I had one more thing for you guys. Give me uh, – actually, I got two more things for you guys since it is a season preview. Give me your projected starting lineup for the Pistons this year. Uh, we'll start with uh, Valley. Are we going opening night? Shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, go okay. Because I, because <laughs> we talked about Stu Noel earlier. I think that might happen. Yeah, we did. We did. And I, I think we ease Ivy into it. So I'll say the only guaranteed locks are Cade and Sadiq Bay. I think. Um, I'll say Cade, Alec Burks, Sadiq Bay, and then I'm gonna. I think it'll be Stu and Duran. I mean, not Duran. Um, Stu and Noel. Honestly, however that might work, I think it'll be Stu wow. and night. Okay. All right. Connie, what do you see for the opening night lineup? All right. I think uh, there's going to be some pressure coming down from the front office. So I think Ivy's going to be starting. So I'm going to go Cade, Ivy, Sadiq. That's where it gets interesting. Man. Bagley, Stu. Ooh. Bagley. I mean, whatever you yeah, want interchangeable. to those two guys. Interchangeable. Uh, in interchangeable four or five cleaners. I think those are going to be the five guys on the court. I wouldn't be mad about that. I wanted to go to something different than both of you, but Connie, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I think um, not only the pressure from the front office, but I think that second unit, especially if I, I don't know if Livers or Diallo is going to be higher up on the depth chart, but that second unit is going to need some shooting, um, especially if it's Noel, um, uh, Diallo and Hayes out there. So I think Alec Burks will be a good guy to have on the second unit. But, you know, Livers, I obviously want Livers to play. I, I really want Livers in the, if not the starting lineup, which I'm hopeful for, but I'm I, I'm cool with both uh, Dern and, uh, not Dern, uh, Stu and Bagley. But I want Livers in that second unit. That's something I really want. Um, my, and then, dark horse yes. is to put Livers instead of Bagley. Love that's it. My dark horse. That, that, yeah. Love that. I think Love James that. Edwards reported that too. And I'm really high on that. I really like that. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so over under on the Pistons' uh, win projections for this year, which is 27 and a half. Oh, More? Over. Yeah, I wouldn't over. finish that question. Over. I always <laughs> bet the over, and I always lose. Okay. Yep. <laughs> well, then the Pistons are in trouble, Connie. <laughs> Woo! No, this is uh, the year. I'm due for one. You're due for one. All right. Well, let's hope it's this year, and then let's hope it happens when the Pistons win the title. So – that's all we got for you guys today. Thank you guys for so much for listening to this episode of the Buffs on Podcast, where we reviewed or previewed our, I don't know why I keep saying review, where we previewed uh, our uh, outlook for the 2022-2023 Pistons season. One thing I want to mention, Valley and I talked about this, when the Pistons brought out those red um, jerseys last year, they also had a new um, home court. They had the new court for the uh, the three one three one when they wore the chrome ones. They had the Detroit court when they wore the red ones. No one's really talking about how we may have a new court for the teal jerseys. So I'm interested to see on October 29th or 28th uh, when we play the Hawks if the Pistons debut a horse logo court. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm all for it. I think right. that'd just be that'd be amazing, man. That'd be so cool. I I, I think we yeah. ought to. Yeah. Um, that being, yeah, did, when we played with those jerseys in the past, did we have a teal? Do we have a different court? I think we did. I, I think it was. 
if we did, yeah, it was like that we, other color, reddish orange thing. Yeah, but I am expecting it. We did mess around with some new court stuff last year, so I think it would be silly not to not to have a a, a, a big old horse head in the middle of the court with the heel <laughs> on the sides. I think that looks super cool. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our hot take for this episode. The Pistons are going to have a new court. Uh, when they wear teal jerseys. But until we see you guys next time, throw the bus on Detroit. The future is bright. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Buffs on Podcast. Please be sure to head over to our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and follow us so that you never miss an update, whether it be Pistons news, Pistons updates, or just letting you guys know when our next episode is dropping, make sure to give us a follow. Speaking of that next episode, we will be dropping our Pistons trivia episode very soon, so make sure that you follow us so that you don't miss that. Also, it doesn't hurt to hit that notification bell on whatever podcast platform you're listening on so that you are notified whenever we do drop. But until next time, throw the buffs on Detroit. The future is bright.